Hello and welcome to the People in Flow podcast. In this episode, we talk to Carol Gaskell, the founder of Full Potential Group and the face of Neuralink in the UK and Ireland. Carol focuses on how neuroagility can positively impact how you think, learn, create and perform. It applies to the workplace, education, mental health and sport. Listen to discover how neuroagility can transform your brain fitness and your productivity. Hello, Carol. Hello, Neville. I'm, I'm intrigued and, and, and I already um, am very much in favour of the whole concept of neuroagility. But perhaps um, if you could, you could just describe uh, neuroagility to me in, um, in layman's terms. Well, I think agility is a word that's been used a lot in the corporate world right now. And, you know, really agility means the power of moving quickly and easily. And when we're talking about neuroagility, which is um, a phrase that has been coined by um, Professor André Vermoulin, who's a, a neuroscientist based in South Africa that's been developing this whole concept of neuroagility for 30 years. What we really mean by neuroagility is the ability to think and draw conclusions quickly. So when we're neuroagile, um, it's about the readiness of all senses and parts of the brain to um, be able to operate and function as one integrated whole system. So rather than having different parts of your brain operating separately, it's how can you operate them all simultaneously and how do you agilely flex between each different part of your brain so that you can really think quickly and you know work simpler faster and better that i mean that that that's very helpful and and um i read also that it's it's a useful concept not just in business but also in schools and in sport um, perhaps we could look at those one at a time and and start off really with a, a business application um and and its relevance in in the business world how, how would you well, I think probably people in the business world are sick of hearing about change and dynamic booker environments and how everything's moving really quickly. Um, but that is the reality. And I think it's quite scaring to think that, you know, so 50% of the jobs and the roles available right now are likely to be redundant in the next few years. And so for people to be able to really thrive, they've got to be neuroagile and they've got to be able to flex and change and um, to thrive in the job market. Um, and five of the top 10 skills that we're projecting in the World Economic Forum are actually brain power skills. So complex problem solving, critical thinking, creativity skills, and even judgment and decision making, they're all directly influenced by our brain power. So you know, being able to be cognitively flexible um, is the number 10 skill, but all those other skills are really important. And I think we forget that um, our brains have got to process about 30 times more information than 20 years ago. So we're naturally having to work faster anyway. And 80 to 90% of serious injuries at work are attributed to human error. So if our brains are working more optimally, we're less likely to make errors and we can think faster. And it's keeping abreast of changes in the job market. The more flexible we are and the more agile we are, the more that we'll be able to embrace the new changes that AI are bringing into the workplace. And I guess the workplace is getting more complex as well. Um, mm. as, as people look to make efficiencies with lean and agile working and so on and so forth, um, clearly the, the complex variable on top of all of this is still going to be people in some way or another, even if they're doing different jobs. 
So presumably, not just for the individual's ability to make change, but also the ability of leaders, whether they be managers or enablers or whatever role they have in the future, they also are going to have to be able to make better decisions for longer in the day. Yes. And also, you know, increasing the organisations are going to flatter structures. So Uh people have got more responsibility for more people and therefore, you know, that ability to be able to think quickly, have that laser-like impact with somebody and then flex your brain to focus on the next thing is going to be really important for people. Yeah, yeah, the ability to be conscious of the consequence of any decision you make here, further down, further wider in the organisation, beyond into society, yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. So the ability to be neuroagile is, is clearly really important in business. And before looking at the other aspects, I'd like to just track that one down a little bit more. So what does neuroagility actually tell you about yourself? When we do the profile, we're looking at two separate different elements. So the first one is we look at the seven different factors that influence your own unique neurological design. So everybody's brains are developed um, in slightly different ways. And there are seven different elements that we look at. So, you know, we look at people's lateral dominance, which means that, you know, whether we're, we lead with the right brain or the left brain. So some people are more holistic, creative, if you, if you like, with the way that they think and process things, uh, which is more right brain. And some people are more left brain dominant. So they lead more on the logical facts and analytical side. And I've just been coaching someone who was quite shocked to find that um, he was actually um, quite left brain dominant but he was very analytical with the way he was asking me the questions to learn about his brain so far and then he suddenly realized hold on a minute that is me so you know we look at the lateral dominance we also look at whether people are stimulating the front part of their brain or the back of their brain or the outside of their brain or internally inside their brain so we're looking at expressive and reflective aspects and whether people are are sort of looking at the more rational, the emotional sides of their brain. So we're looking at where they stimulate uh, most of the electrical magnetic activity in their brain. And people find it really fascinating to understand how their brain has actually been wired and it's often not what they think it is. Yeah, and and, and just, you know, to keep it in context, this is simply looking at what it is now and where we are. And I I remember you saying uh, just a second ago that that they lead with that side of the brain. So presumably everybody is still using both parts of the brain. It's just simply that you lead with one. So therefore that leads the way you think. Yes. And I think this is where I think people get a little bit confused sometimes because we all use both hemispheres of our brain, but one hemisphere is usually more dominant than another unless we're incredibly brain fit and we can simultaneously use both hemispheres at the same time. Um, What we find is most of us will have one side that leads and then the other side follows. And the big watch out for people is if they're under stress, what happens is your non-dominant side to the one that doesn't lead, that one switches off when we're stressed or tired. And that's where we actually then lose access to um, some of our brain's functionality. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Now that makes a lot of sense, and I can see now. You know, if if you're 
busy and you're in work, um, the understanding of this is important. But but what 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 sort of things can people do? Is this is this like a personality test where you are what you are, or is it is it something you can actually do something about? Well, I think the brilliant news on this is, and people love the fact that um, there are measurements on the profile. So, and the great news about this, as and people are probably aware of the fact, neuroplasticity of the brain, and that we can change and reprogram our brain. But what we look at in the report is not just how your brain is wired, but we also look at six different drivers that can boost your brain performance. So there are six different things that we measure, which anybody can look at and create some quick wins and make some quick changes so we can all improve our brain performance. So the person I was just coaching was a bit shocked that um, he came out as 30% brain fit. And that's the first driver that we measure. And that, you know, that's the ability to flex between that left and, and right brain. But you know, there are some quick, simple things that he can do to boost his brain fitness. Um, you know, so doing cross-lateral exercises, uh, doing things like yoga and martial arts and even chess and swimming and exercise that, you know, exercise that cross the, the midline can really help stimulate both sides of the brain. So, you know, we can definitely boost our brain fitness. Um, but also in the, there are other drivers that influence our brain fitness. And, and another one that shocks people often is sleep and the quality of your sleep. Yeah. And, um, you know, it goes without saying that if we're not having that, deep quality sleep that really allows our brains to relax and refresh, then we're not going to be as energized the next day and our brains are not going to be operating on full brain power. So understanding your sleep patterns and increasing your sleep patterns, um, how you manage stress, even your um, attitude and whether you're positive or negative influences uh, your neurotransmitters in your brain and helps your brain health. Um, and movement is important to people. A lot of people don't move enough. And um, even food and drink influences our brain. And just drinking more water every day, breathing more fresh air every day can have a big impact on our health yeah. and, our, and well-being in our brain. So, so if you're an employer and you're looking to help prepare your people to adapt more quickly and, and more easily and to, to think quicker and to, and, to, and to actually be more neuroagile. How would an employer go about getting a program that would help their staff's neuroagility develop? The simplest way is just educating people um, to understand how their brain works and help them understand the six drivers that they can boost. People actually like evidence, so actually profiling um, individuals and teams with the NeuroAgility Brain Profile tool is really helpful. And it gives a measure at the beginning, and often we'd recommend either six months or a year later measuring again, and people get an overall brain agility score as well as a flexibility score. And they also get tracks on all the different six boosters to boost their brain performance. And I also think, um, there are some definite quick wins in terms of supporting staff to um, to manage their stress better, to even do sort of mindfulness and breathing techniques can really help with their brain power. But educating people on the importance of exercise, even in their day-to-day -day working lives, you know, how much do people spend sitting at their desks? Could they move around a lot more? Um, a lot of people they're, they're quite kinesthetic and their brain is actually boosted by regular movement, even having stand-up meetings or going outside for a walk to have a meeting rather than sitting at your desk. So 
getting people to um, drink more water. But there's some really simple, quick wins that can boost people's brain power that don't have to cost money in organisations, but can have a dramatic input, impact on people's productivity as well as their wellness. That, and that, 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 that's really, really helpful. And I think if you, if you are an employer and you're looking to help your staff, and it, it seems to me that what this would do is give context to a lot of the other learning that they're actually trying to achieve. Uh, and, and it must therefore impact on performance, you know, increasing productivity, reducing uh, accidents and the cost of uh, health and safety, all those sort of things that you've already mentioned must improve. Yes, and actually, I mean, I think sometimes, you know, we race ahead doing leadership development activities and team development interventions. And the bedrock of, um, of a lot of this is actually helping people understand how they learn and how yeah. they use their brains. And, you know, we're talking a lot more um, about creating learning environments in organizations and people doing a lot more self-learning and self-directed learning. But for me, a starting point to this if it, is if people actually understand how they best learn, how their brain's wired and how they can boost that. They can then, you know, whether it's an official learning engagement or whether it's something ad hoc that they're learning on YouTube, people will learn a lot better if they understand the basics. And I think sometimes we forget the basics and we race off with the things that can cost money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if we get the basics right, the rest of it is, is, is actually more effective anyway. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that I understand. So if we think about this beyond um, business into schools and education, it, 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 would I be right in thinking that this would, could have major impact on, on transition periods when, when children are moving from sort of one school to another or into exams or from school to university, this sort of thing? <laughs> I think this is one of the most important advances um, and I think it's it's a real benefit to understand how your brain works at work but I actually think if we started earlier um, when children are 10, 11, 12 onwards giving them this information and giving teachers and parents this information it's going to last people a lifetime yeah. so there there is um, a young person's neuro agility report and actually my my daughter's transitioning um schools into secondary school in september and we've run her profile because it really helps her understand how she can best learn and we're, i'm actually going to talk to the teacher um so that she can understand how she can get the best out of my daughter in terms of how she's going to learn the school um, we're also finding universities there's a lot of evidence now around um, students understanding their neuroagility and how that can boost their performance, not just in school, but also at university and college and further education. Helping them to understand how they best learn and actually get most out of the programme, particularly when, when the way the programme is being delivered to them is, is, is a bit of a sort of blunderbuss approach where everybody gets the same input uh, yes. The same methodology of input in the same way, uh, but effectively they need to make the changes to enable themselves to learn it more easily. Yeah. And yeah. it's, you know, we're moving in society to a much more personalised approach 
to life and to things and people understanding their own personal approach to learning at the beginning of their learning career yeah. um, will set them up for success for life and I think also you know there's a huge amount of publicity around mental health crisis in students and yeah. I think helping people understand some of the basics around how their brain works and how they can get the most out of that will also really support the mental health issues that we're starting to see. Yeah, no, there was something in the paper only yesterday, I saw that in the eye, it was on the front page, um, you know, where there's a, a serious piece of work on on mental health in universities. So, um, yeah, I, I can see that that would be massive. But when you were saying about how people can improve the number of uh, clues and the number of pieces of information that they can process uh, at any one time, clearly in sport, you know, the really great must be processing information so much faster than anybody else which is why they kind of make better decisions on the field and, and, and appear to be more skillful but in fact it could be they're, they're simply thinking quicker yes and i think you know there is a huge application for neuroagility in sports and some sports people have already taken this on board yeah. um and i think we're talking you know sports across the board here um, you know, we've had interest recently from motorsport organization, but, you know, in physical sports, in every field, you know, the quicker your brain thinks and the quicker you process information and the more you're aware, you know, what this profile actually shows people is, you know, not only do we lead with one hemisphere of the brain, but we also have one eye that's more dominant than the other. And we have one ear that's more dominant and one hand that's more dominant. And I think most people are aware of their hand dominance because are you left-handed or right-handed? But a lot of people don't realize that they might lead with their right or their left ear. And therefore, if you've got a dominant ear and you've got important things that you need to learn, make sure that that ear is being exposed to that or which eye are you seeing better out of. And again, from a sports point of view and equally to minimise accidents, to really understand and have that knowledge gives you a leading edge when you're performing. Yeah. Carol, that's, that's been a fascinating insight into the, the whole concept of neuroagility and how it can help in business and sport and and also in schools and universities, education as a whole. Uh, I, I, I mean, I just think it's a, an unbelievably important concept that we need to really, really grab hold of in any form of, of learning uh, and that, that, that then is transferred into performance. So yeah. thank you for that. Um, is there anything that you could say now that would help uh, people get access? Because I guess we, we need a lot of people who can actually be coaches uh, in neuroagility. So how, how would current coaches or teachers or trainers or managers get to understand more about neuroagility and be able to sort of use the profiling tool? Okay, so, I mean, we're really on a mission to um, find those people that really want to make a difference with people, whether you are a teacher or a facilitator or a coach. And so at Full Potential Group, we're offering training programs um, to actually train people to understand this and then be able to interpret profiles for individuals and teams. Um, so our website is www.fullpotentialgroup.com um, or our phone number is 01628 Fantastic. Carol, thank you very much indeed. Pleasure. Thank you, Neville. Thank you. Thank you for listening to episode 45 of the People and Flow podcast. If you'd like to know more about the topics discussed, click on the links in the description and tune in for the next episode. Thank you for listening.